Hey, y'all, um, listen, y'all know that we're like less than two weeks away from the big day, Christmas, right? Um, how many of you are ready? How many of you love this day? Uh, wow. Okay. All right. So, coal for everybody else. <laughs> Apparently, our, our, our country loves this day. This is a gift-giving day like no other. Um, some stats for you just to ponder as we jump into week two of Unexpected on average, in America, for Christmas, the average person will spend $700. Not family, person. It adds up to $465 billion. Um, don't raise your hand, but how many of you parents just leaned over to your kids and were like, yeah, not us, right? Um, $465 billion is spent every year in America alone on Christmas. Wow. And here's the stat that really drove that home for me. Not a political statement at all, just a, just a stat, okay? If, if one year America as a country decided this is the Christmas that we're only going to buy American-made products, are you with me? So we're not going to buy anything on Amazon that's shipped from China, but just American products. If the whole country did that for one year, we spend so much on Christmas that it would create 4.6 million jobs. New jobs. Wow. Like, we are into this, aren't we? Like, we are into gifts and, and receiving gifts. And what I know about gift giving is that this year um, we will give uh, good gifts and we'll also give um, not so good gifts. Like, you ever give those gifts and you're pretty sure it's going to hit and then, like, they open it and you're like, oh, well, that was not the best gift. Um, so this morning we're going to talk about unexpected gifts. Now, last week we kicked this series off with unexpected silence. We talked about how sometimes it feels like God is silent and what should we do in those seasons. This morning we're talking about unexpected gifts because all of us can, will get unexpected gifts. It's going to be a very simple message. Um, just pray that I do better. I feel like I could do better this, this, this service than the last service. I feel like I have a second chance, okay? So um, hang in there with me. Take lots of notes. We'll make sure at the end it all comes together and, it, and you get something out of this. But here's the simple part of this message. When it comes to unexpected gifts, there's only two kind, good and bad. So we're going to talk about how to receive unexpected good gifts and then also how to receive unexpected bad gifts. And then hopefully at the end, I'll tie it all together and it'll have a bow on top. It'll be like a gift. Okay, so let's talk about the easy one first, good gifts. So let's take a peek. I've got some videos to help us out because I can talk to you or you can watch it. I've got some videos to kind of show you at each step what it looks like. So this first group of, of videos is going to show you what it's like when you receive an unexpected good gift. All right, here we, here we go. Very, oh, don't open that. Very important. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a dollar. There's something about it. Okay, there you go. Keep going. <laughs> look at TJ. Look at. <laughs> what do you say to Uncle Terry? Thank you. <laughs> Wonder how long it took him to do this. <laughs> Did he do this for you, Sean? Brandon? Thank you, Terry. 
Y'all. We don't have to even talk about this first point. You don't have to coach anybody on how to receive a good gift, right? I mean, I've watched this now in both services, and I think next year someone's getting a rolled-up gift from me because I just love that. And then I'm just praying somebody gives me a $100 bill, and I will wear a dress and act that out if you do. I love that. But just to be clear, right, just to be clear, um, when we receive unexpected good gifts, we need to receive them with gratitude and not greed. Okay, now those are great videos. We love them. We laugh. But let's just bring this home just for a second. Okay, sometimes we receive good gifts with greed. It's like we we think we're entitled to it. I I didn't bring this video, but I will act it out because it was a teenage boy that received a gift. And you could tell um, that it was some kind of piece of gaming equipment that apparently he had wanted for a long time. And this was the whole video. I'm going to act it out for you. Are you ready? Let's go! 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 That's why I didn't show you the video, because it's more fun to watch me do it. And at some point, his mom stopped him and said, whoa, 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 gratitude? And he went, oh, thanks. Let's go! Let's go! And the whole video. And, like, sometimes we we receive good gifts, but the way that we receive it, it's almost like we expect that we should be given that. And I want you to know this, if greed is in our heart when we receive good gifts, it's still like we didn't get enough. Like you you kind of owed me that anyway. See, greed never has enough. It always wants more, but it never has enough. And our reactions, even to receiving good gifts, reveals what's in our heart. A couple verses for you. I want you this year to practice gratitude. Hebrews 12, 28. I'm all winded from going, let's go so much, y'all. That was a workout. It was like high-intensity interval training. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Can I just say this? If ever there was a year, and we're we're walking this fine line between referencing COVID and being done with talking about COVID, right? But if ever there was a year for us as Christians to be thankful and grateful that we are receiving something unshakable, it's got to be 2020, y'all. When everybody's going crazy and nobody's sure what's going to happen, and what the writer says is let's be grateful that we've been given a gift, and that gift is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Gratitude. This, I mean, this year, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what gifts you're given, can we just be grateful that we've been given an unshakable kingdom? James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Gratitude for good gifts that come from a good Father. And I, and I say all this because... I don't know how you are, but sometimes I receive unexpected good gifts, and I'm not sure that I have the best reaction to it because I think sometimes I'm receiving it with maybe more greed than I am with gratitude. And I just think God wants to challenge us, right, this year when we receive good gifts. And and not that we have time to really go into this, but the greatest gift we've ever received is Jesus. And he's a good gift, 
And to be perfectly honest, I don't know that the church always receives him with gratitude. I think sometimes we receive him with like, yeah, that's good, God, but what else can you give me? Okay, I, I told that was going to be the easy one, but that turned out to be a little harder. So let's move on to the, the next one. We, we receive um, also unexpected bad gifts. Now, this one can be more challenging. Um, how many of you, don't raise your hand because you might be sitting next to the person who gave it to you, but you ever had to open a gift and you knew right away you didn't like it, but everybody was watching? Like, that's awkward, isn't it? And so I brought a couple of examples of, of how, um, how maybe uh, not to react when you open a bad gift. I'm having flashbacks to years when I've opened clothes and cried. It was just a year ago, y'all. <laughs> oh my, I'm kidding. I love when I get clothes. We should, we should have an altar call. I should go right now to the altar. So look, these kids, they did such a great job, didn't they, of acting out like how, how we should not receive gifts that we might consider bad. And my guess is... If we're honest, they just showed us outwardly what a lot of us are doing on the inside or maybe even want to do on the outside. When, so when we receive unexpected good gifts, we receive them with gratitude, not greed. When we receive unexpected bad gifts, we need to receive them with belief and not bitterness. Okay? Now, we're going to have to unpack that statement. Like, what does it mean to receive an unexpected bad gift with belief and not bitterness? But just to give you hope. Right. I brought one more clip I want you to watch. This is a great example of maybe how we should receive bad gifts. Nothing. <laughs> and that's a lesson. Some kids don't get anything on Christmas morning. You give me nothing in this box. <laughs> Right, like, are you feeling it for the dad? Trying to teach his kid a lesson, lesson the kid was like, I'll show you. <laughs> Holy cow. When we receive an unexpected gift or a circumstance that we didn't expect, when we receive that with belief, here's what it means, that we trust that somehow what we're experiencing will work out according to God's plan. Somehow. Yeah, I've, I've totally use this illustration probably way too much in here. I'm going to do it again, but it's such a great way to picture this. There was an experiment done with these two boys, and they were put into a barn. And the, the experiment was we're going, to, we're going to put them into these stalls, and if you grew up on, in the country, you know about stalls. They're just nasty. And so they gave them a shovel. They put them in a stall, and inside those stalls were these huge piles of poo. 
And the, the experiment was just to, to put the boys in there and not even explain anything and see what they would do. And so they walked in a few minutes later, and one of the boys was, like, really sad, really down. He was, like, barely shoveling. And they were like, what's, you know, what's going on? He's like, this is just disgusting. It's gross. They walked next door, and poo was flying everywhere. This dude was shoveling as fast as he could shovel. And they're like, what's, what's going on? He goes, dude, with a pile of poo this big, can you imagine the pony? It's, it's, it's all about your perspective, right? It's all about like, okay, I, I see something, but I'm looking for something else. I want to make sure that you get this, that belief doesn't mean that we know at the moment that what we're receiving is good. Just show our hands quickly. How many of you have ever received something that's not good? I don't mean just a gift, but even a circumstance in life, right? Yeah, all of us. And so I don't want you to hear me telling you that what you're supposed to do is look at that bad circumstance and say, no, but that's going to be good because your friends will think you're crazy. Or, no, that's good, right? Like, hey, I'm going through, I've just lost my job, but it's good. No, that's not good. But when you receive a bad gift, a bad circumstance, the question is, what will you do in that moment? And when we receive it with belief, what we're saying is, I don't think this is good. But I know that my father is good, and somehow, some way, this is going to work out for my good. That's what it means to receive it with belief. A lot of us sometimes struggle with receiving bad gifts with bitterness. You know people like this. I'll give you a break, right? You're not these people. Okay, everybody take a deep breath and exhale. You're a good people. You receive stuff with belief, but you know these people. You work with these people, they might be in your extended family, and they're the ones that when something bad happens in their life, they say things like, I guess it's just my lot in life. Nothing good ever happens to me. You try to encourage them, and they're like the perpetual Eeyore, right? It's always talking like this. It's terrible. It always happens to me, right? Like they all, and they just always expect another shoe to drop, something else to happen. They're always negative. And, and what I want you to see is that if we receive bad gifts with bitterness, then it just makes our hearts get even more bitter. It just gets harder and harder to crack through that. And I want you to see this morning that we can receive even bad gifts, unexpected bad gifts with a belief that God is bigger than that moment, and he's going to work through that moment, and he's going to somehow work it for good. A couple verses for you. You've probably heard of these, or at least you've seen people with pictures that have these verses on it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in about 73% of things, God moves and works for the good. What does it say? All things, right? All good things, all good things, right? To quote a great theologian. So, all things, he works in all things, even in unexpected bad circumstances, bad gifts. He works in all things for his glory and for our good. Genesis 50, 20, it's at the end of this story about Joseph. Um, if you don't know that, it's a Bible story where it talks about this, this brother who brags to his brothers about how great he's going to be and even greater than they're going to be. And so they're like any other brothers that you know. They didn't like that, so they tried to kill him. And instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery, and then he, he just went from bad situation to worse situation to worse situation. And then by the end of the story, God had worked it. So Joseph was second in command of the country. And during a, during a famine and a drought, his brothers, who had sold him into slavery, 
came asking him for help so they would not die. They don't recognize him because he had like this Tom Hanks castaway transformation. They can't recognize him. And he knows it's them, and he has the power to get revenge on his brothers. And I don't know what you would have said when you stood before them, but this is what he said. He said, look, I'm not going to hurt you because what you intended to harm me, God has used for good. Translation, the evil done to us can become good given through us. Because what he said was, you intended it for harm, but God used it for good to accomplish what is being done now, the saving of many lives. So Joseph didn't even say, listen, God turned it around for good for my life. He said, no, he turned it for good for me, but also that through me he could now save many lives. Sometimes the things that happen in our lives that we don't fully understand, we have to step back and ask God, like, what are you, what are you trying to work in this situation that will be good for me, I know, but you want to do something through me? You want to touch a larger number of people than just my life. One last verse, and then we'll, we'll start to close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Um, the New International Version says, For we live by faith and not by sight. Many of you may have heard this as we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, when, I was, when I was a teenager and wasn't smart, if I was riding in the car with my friends and I was in the back seat and they were driving, I would randomly put my hands over their eyes and say, we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not recommending you do that. I'm just, it's confession time. I'm just sharing with you. It's how I tried to live out this verse and help them live out this verse. And it does make people call on Jesus because they did. It's not what probably Paul meant, but here's the point of that verse. We live by faith and not by sight. So, when we receive an unexpected circumstance, an unexpected gift, something that doesn't look good, it's a bad set of circumstances, it's a bad situation, when we receive that, this verse means that we can't just look at what we're seeing. You can't just see the circumstance. This is about what do you see beyond the circumstance. Does that make sense? We live by faith and not by sight. So when you say, well, this doesn't look good, it actually should be a reminder that, yeah, it doesn't look good, and you don't live by what you see. You live by faith. So when what you're looking at doesn't match what you're looking for, faith should kick in at that point. And it should call you to keep looking. You become the boy with the shovel flinging poo everywhere because I know this poo is not what my good God wanted to give me, so I'm going to figure out where the good is in this. Does that make sense? And I would say this, that we struggle sometimes to look past what we see and see the bigger picture, which is why tomorrow on Monday, some of you, don't, don't raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass you, but some of you, you have got the commute to work down to a science, right? You know how many times you can hit the snooze and still get up in time to take care of what you need to take care of Go outside, crank your car, pull out, drive to work or to school, and get there just in time. And every time you pull in, you look at your watch, you're like, nailed it, nailed it, right? Nailed it. But you're also the people who forget that it frosted last night and you need to defrost your windshield. 
You're the people who, because you have your schedule worked out, if a train happens to come across your path, what you see is, I'm going to be late to work. But what you don't see is that maybe that train happened there because just down the road, a mile or two, was, would have been an accident that you would have been in. We don't stop and think about that, do we? We only focus on what we see when what we need to do is ask God, God, what do you call me to look for? And we should be looking for his hand in everything we experience. Um, I tried to share this in the first service, didn't do a good job. I'll try again. This is just this time of year always makes me think about my mom and my brother. Um, not all of you know our story, but um, my mother passed away on December the first. She had a brain aneurysm at a at a local high school football game on a Friday night, and she passed away that next Monday. And then twenty days after that, my brother passed away. She he had special needs, and she was his caretaker. It was a big deal, obviously for us. It was a hard time, and. I remember the longer that we would talk, you know, as, as kind of the weeks, months, days, years would go along, we would start talking about the events of that, that, that year, and you'd start seeing these, I, I hesitate to call them blessings because I don't know if that's relatable, right, because it's hard to see blessings in that kind of tragedy, but you would just hear about these things and you'd go, wow, like there's a detail that we didn't see before, and I think that might have been something that God was trying to show us. I remember the obvious ones. Like, I was still on staff at church, and so I was still leading worship. And so for a whole year, I mean, I would tell the church every Sunday. Now it's not that different because I cry all the time now too. But I would tell them all the time, look, I'm going to be leading worship. And if I start crying, it's okay. Y'all just keep singing. And, and that would happen all the time. Like, I just, it's like, we were joking about this the other day. Like, when you're singing and you get choked up, it's ugly, right? <laughs> like, you know, it just, it comes out of nowhere, and then it's just like takes over your whole throat, and it sounds awful, you know, and it's just like, you, I would just be singing these worship songs, and I will start thinking about my, my mom, my brother in heaven, and it would just overtake you, right? And I remember at the end of that year, a family at the church came up to me, and they said, you know, I just wanted you to know this, that um, we've watched your life for a year. Our family has watched your family and the way that you have grieved honestly and authentically and trusted in Jesus and just all the things that people say, she said, your, your response and us being able to watch that has changed us. That's humbling. I don't say that to build myself up. But what I'm saying is like in that moment, and some of you in this room have been in those moments, in that moment of need and God gives you grace to live through it, here's a lady who's telling me that her whole family has changed because she saw us and listen, it sounds like we were spiritual. We we're just hanging on to Jesus, right? Like that's all we were doing. Like I'm not letting go because you're all I've got. But you kind of go, wow. Like if, if God had touched my mom in the hospital and, say, and raised her even off of her deathbed, the next Sunday in church would have been off the charts, right? Like we'd have had a party in the church. But the Sunday after that, people would have forgotten. And the next Sunday would have been just like normal. But here I was a year later, and somebody was saying, like, for every Sunday of a year, we've watched you. You start to go, wow, God, you had more going on than I thought. And then I, I don't know when we realized that mom had had her aneurysm at the football game. And that sounds like such a small thing. Is this, is this too much for y'all? Are you okay? I don't want to be too transparent, but I, mean, I don't know any other way to be. So... My mom and my dad would take my brother, and they would go to Albemarle High School every Friday to watch the football. And this is even after we're out of high school, you know. 
they would just go, it was just their thing. And they would go, and, and every week at halftime, my mom and my brother would leave. And my dad, you know, he's, I don't know how y'all are, but my dad's the kind of guy who's like, I don't care if we're getting blown out, I'm here till zero, 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 right? So he'd stay for the whole game, and they would always leave, except for that one night. That one, that one year, that one night, they stayed the whole game. At halftime, she didn't leave. It sounds like such a small thing. But we realized later that if she had gone home that night with my brother, she would have had an aneurysm at home, been unresponsive, and he would have been alone because my dad would have no way to know. And you start to go, wow, like, God, there's a detail that if I'm just focused on what I see, then I'm bitter about my loss. But if I function by faith and not by sight, then you start to see past what you're looking at and you, you start to see what you're looking for, which is a God who's not caught off guard by anything in our lives. And you start to be almost grateful that our hands are in, our lives are in the hands of a God who can handle all that. It changes the way we see things. And I think for me this morning, what I want more than anything for all of us is to see our lives and our situations differently. Last reference to COVID today, right? This has been a year like no other, y'all. Um, I almost posted this yesterday because I know when I say stuff like this, you're all going to come up and be like, you're okay, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm okay. I don't think I've ever been sadder emotionally than I am right now in my life. It's just a sad season for me. But I don't think I've ever been stronger spiritually than I am right now in my life. And we have to figure that out, right? And so when we get in these seasons, this is just the end of, people have asked me, how, how are you? And this is how I describe December of 2020. Anybody y'all have, any of y'all have cats? You know how your cat gets a hairball? Right? And they, they have it forever, and then they just, like, finally get it up, and it's gross. I just feel like for a lot of people, 2020, like the end of 2020, we're almost, almost like cats with hairballs. Like the cumulative effect of this year, and here we are in December, we're just like trying to get that out, right? And, and I, I want us just, just for a moment, can I just, can we entertain this possibility? That this year, God has given us a gift. He didn't send COVID, but he's given us a gift through our circumstance. Do you know when, when we first had to shut down, Everybody I talked to for two weeks said, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm seeing my kids all the time. Love it, love it, love it. Three weeks in, it was like, I can't stop. I mean, my kids, I'm seeing them all the time. Right? Like, it's a total shift, right? Just, that's just real life. That's just real life. But now we're in such a hurry. And my, my concern is that we might miss the unexpected gift that God's trying to give us, which is the season to figure out how to slow down how to breathe again, how to seek him like we've never sought, sought him before, right? How to dig into his word like we've never dug into it before. I believe that God is giving us something that if we're not careful, we will miss it. Just like Jesus was missed, we'll talk about that more next week, because he came unexpectedly. So here's the last verse that I want to leave you with, and then we're going to participate in the big give. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this, give freely and become more wealthy. 
be stingy and lose everything. Now, what I'm not saying and what this verse is not saying is you need to give money so you'll get rich, okay? Giving is not a get-rich scheme with God. Um, I've seen people do that. It's not what this verse means at all. What this verse is showing us is that when we are generous and when we give, we actually receive because God blesses people who are generous because you know why? He knows that they'll be what? Generous. It's just a cycle. He's like, oh, Oh, they're generous. Let's give them some more because they'll be more generous. And it just moves like that over and over again. And what I want you to see this morning is that the gift, the unexpected gift we've been given is that we actually have the ability to give. That's the unexpected gift. Giving is the unexpected gift. You and I sit here today, we talked about $465 billion at Christmas. Now, I know all of us are at different places. We can't all do what everybody else can do. But all of us in this room have been blessed with the ability to give. And that is a gift. And if we don't receive it with gratitude, if we don't receive it with belief, then what happens is we start to hold on to what we have. Because I need to hold on to this because, well, something worse might happen tomorrow. That's bitterness, right? That's fear that something bad's going to happen, so I need to hold on to what I have. Or I'm going to hold on to this because, like a greedy person, I deserve it. It's mine. But God says, like, look at what you have. And if you can receive the gift of being able to bless people, then you will open your hand. And you will give with belief that as I give, God will give more to me so that I can give more to people. He will use me. And this morning, I want to call you to that. I want to call you to give in the big give. And here's how that's going to look. It's different this year because everything's different this year. And usually, like, this is my favorite Sunday because Wendy and I would get to stand down here and we'd hold these baskets and we would actually literally say, like, if you've never been here for the big give, like you've never experienced it, we just say, hey, y'all just when you're ready, come down and drop your gift in the basket. And we just love that because when we get to wash your faces as you're generous and we get to pray over you as you're generous and it just, you have no idea how much it just fills my heart, right, to watch our church be generous. Now, this year is a little bit different because we got to be careful how close we get to people. I get all that stuff. So this year when you leave, you got some options about how to give. But here's what the big give is. For those of you who have never been here for this, for the last seven years, we've taken the second Sunday of December, and we've just simply said this. Look, bring a gift. Give it, and whatever you give, we'll give all of it away. On this one offering, we'll give all of it away. In the last seven years, we've given over $33,000 away. I love that. That's y'all. That's y'all giving and us just taking it and giving it away. And so we've, we've, helped, we've helped nonprofits. Last year we, we paid power bills, and this year we're paying power bills again. We've already had as many people fill out the form for help this year as we had all of last year, and we still have another week to go. Man, people have needs. And some of the people I'm talking to, we all in this room have needs. So that's the other part of the big give. We don't ask rich people to carry it. Now, a lot of people in, our, in churches today, that's exactly what they expect. They expect somebody to come in here that's got a lot of money and just write one check and take care of the whole deal. We don't think that that's the gospel. We think the gospel is big and small giving equal sacrifice. And let me explain this to you quickly. I know you're tired of listening, but take a deep breath. We're almost done. At home, you're doing great. They've probably gone to get coffee. Very quickly. The only two offerings that Jesus ever highlighted, one was 
a woman who poured out perfume on his feet, and it was worth a year's salary. Y'all, if anybody came in here to give us a year of your salary, we'll take it, right? He highlighted that one. And the other one that he highlighted was a, a, an older woman who gave two mites, which means it was less than a penny in our currency. What I want you to see is the beautiful thing that Jesus did. He highlighted the big and he highlighted the small because the amount is not the issue. The heart of the giver is. And so the big give has never been about, hey, let's get a bunch of rich people to give us checks. I mean, if you're here and you want to write a big check, do it. But our heart has always been if all of us collectively could give something, then God could take all of those somethings and make it a big give. That's the heart behind this. Um, so this morning when we give, I'm just going to pray that God blesses your family, that he blesses you as you're generous, and that he does what he promised in Proverbs 11:24 that as you give freely, you're going to become more wealthy. Might not be in money, y'all. It might be in other circumstances, but you'll become wealthy because this is his word. And if we're stingy, we will lose everything. We'll hold tightly onto what we have, and it'll still fall out of our hands. Before we even got to church this morning, we've already had almost $2,500 come into the big give. That's not enough to cover the number of people that have asked for help, but it's a good start. And I'm trusting that God will move on your heart just like he's moved on ours. Um, you can't, there's no basket up here. You can drop it in the offering on the way out. You can also text if you want to text to give. That's how we do ours. And I think we'll have some instructions up on the screen that you can text. Um, it's coming. You can text the keyword big to that number. Just, hey, why don't we just, can we leave that up there? It looks so much better than my face. Um, I'll pray quickly, and then we'll leave that up there. If you want to use that as an option, you can. You just text that number, that word to that number, and you'll get responses responses back and it'll walk you through how to do all that kind of stuff make sense okay all right come on let's pray this is how you live out the message by the way what do we do with an unexpected gift we use it with belief and so we're going to give because the gift we've been given is that we have the ability to give and i want you to use it this morning to do something good with it father i just pray blessing over this this family god this this room full of people generous people that i know are going to step into this with a yes who are going to give what they can. And God, we trust that through the giving in the house, the giving that's going to happen online, you're going to take all of it, God, stir it up in a big old pot, and it's going to do way more than we ever could have done individually. You always do more through people than a person. You always put us in community because that's where you want to move. And so this morning, I thank you that our city is going to be different. There's, there are families that are going to be different. They're going to receive an unexpected good gift because of our willingness to be generous and to obey Proverbs eleven twenty four, I thank you, Father, for the way that you're also going to move in people's lives over this season, for the way that you're orchestrating and changing things that were bad and working them for your good. I pray that as we have um, the chance to give, we would also receive the hope that comes from knowing that our Father is good, we anchor our souls in that, and we trust that you are going to do what you did for Joseph. What people might have meant for our harm, you're going to use for good. And through us, you're going to bless people. In your name, Jesus, amen.